1: In 1889, a small group of men and women responded to the prompting of the Holy Spirit and the call of God to start a church in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Since its beginning, Silverdale Baptist Church has sought to fulfill the Great Commission to reach Chattanooga and the world around us. In 2010, we made an important decision to expand our reach by providing more opportunities for worship through more services, venues, and campuses. In April of 2013, Silverdale Saturday Nights was launched so we could reach more people in our local community. Later in that same year, we started our Silverdale Creekside service, giving us a greater reach on the Bonnie Oaks campus. In 2015, the Lord provided the opportunity to reach the southwest corner of Chattanooga through Silverdale St. Elmo. Two years later, God moved our hearts to reach to the opposite end of the county lines to establish Silverdale-Nordudahua. In 2020, our reach moved beyond Chattanooga through Silverdale Online. Every week, people from around the world join us in worship. In June of this year, we started Silverdale Bridges, once again expanding our reach locally. But God is not done. Now it's time to reach Abyssin. Families will gather, stories will be rewritten, generations will be impacted. And eternity will be changed. 33,000 people live within a five mile radius of the Apisan campus. 33,000 souls. 33,000 reasons to reach Apisan. Will you join us?
2: Exciting stuff you what God has done in our past, what God is doing right now. Um, I'm so glad that you're here worshiping with us today. You've chosen a great weekend to come and be a part of our services. I do want to welcome you. I want to welcome all of you here at our Bonnie Oaks campus. I'd like to welcome also those of you at our Creekside service or North Udawah campus or our Bridges service or St. Elmo or all of you that may be worshiping online. If I haven't had a chance to meet you personally, I'm Tony Wallace, I'm one of the pastors here. And I have the privilege today to share with you God's Word. So this is what I want encourage you to do. Go and take your Bibles and open up in the New Testament to the book of Acts. Um, Acts chapter 2, it's the fifth book of the New Testament. You can turn to Acts chapter 2. Got a smartphone, you can open that app as well to Acts 2. And then do this, take out these Bible study outlines that we provide for you. We give you these so you can follow along and take notes, and this is especially true today because we're going to be looking at a number of passages, many of them in the book of Acts, but they're found right here on this outline. Now, we're beginning a brand new series called Reach, and it's sort of like uh, this is us. This is why we do what we do as a church. And specifically, you know, we're going to be studying a lot of these weekends in the book of Acts, now, the book of Acts, if you're not familiar with this, is the, um, the history book of the early church. And if you want to see how God can move through his people and through a church, all you got to do is study the book of Acts. And it's amazing. But a sad reality has hit America and the American church. I mean, Christianity is declining in America. The sad reality is that last year alone, 4,500 churches closed their doors. Now, that's... Tragic. That is sad. That is heartbreaking. These are churches that were once vibrant and growing and reaching their community, and now they're gone. They don't exist today. And there's a, there could be a number of reasons why. You know, why did that happen? How does that happen? And I don't know all the reasons, but I know that one reason which often happens is because sometimes churches become inward-focused. And they focus just on themselves, and they, they forget about the mission of Jesus Christ to reach and touch and love their community. Well, that's what we really feel like God has called us to do. And so, over this next six weeks, we're going to talk about how we do that and why we do that. And specifically today, I'm going to answer the question, why do we launch new venues? Now, you know, why does Silverado Baptist Church have multiple services and multiple venues and campuses? Well, for me to answer that question, I've got to give you a little background and history of our church. I mean, um, basically 13 years ago, our church was blowing and going, we are a mega church, we we're running, all of our services were overflowing, and so we're like, okay, God, what are we supposed to do? How are we supposed to continue to grow? Well, a lot of the other churches in town in our community, they, they said, well, you know, the way to do that and what we did is build a big mega sanctuary. And so we made this plan that we're going to build this major sanctuary. Over 3,000 people could attend worship services. Every service is going to do it right in the parking lot out there. And so we make plans for a year to move forward to that. We start this campaign to move forward to that. And through that process, God began, through circumstances, make it very real to me, this was not God's plan for our church. And I can remember coming to the congregation, and I said... I'm sorry, I have not led you correctly, I was leading our church this particular way and that is not God's plan for our church and then I said, I don't know what God's plan is but it's not this and so I asked the congregation at that time to join me in praying and fasting for 30 days and just seeking the Lord to find out God exactly what is your plan for our church, you're the head of this body, I'm not. And so we did, and and through that period of time, God has showed us the different things of how he wanted us to move forward, and one of those things was we weren't going to keep building bigger and bigger, bigger sanctuaries here. We were going to start other services, other venues at other places at other times, and so that's how we've operated. And so we started back um, basically about nine and a half years ago. Our first alternative service was our Saturday night service. And, um, you know, God blessed that. It was alternative worship at an alternative time. And God blessed that service. And later on that year, we also added what we called our Creekside service. It was a more contemporary service. and, And God blew up that service. And it was just amazing. So we started a second Creekside service. And then a couple of years later, through the providence of God, a campus, a church campus, and St. Elmo was given to us. It was really run down. We spent a whole lot of money, but we, you know, took that facility over and we started one service there at St. Elmo, and then we started a second service when the first service, you know, got too big. And then um, a couple years later, we're, we're like, okay, where, God, where else do you want to, uh, us to plant a campus? And what we did is we looked for where's the fastest growing area in our county with the fewest churches reaching that area. And that happened to be North Udawah. And so five years ago, in fact, it's gonna be five years next Sunday, they'll celebrate their fifth anniversary that we planted our North Udawah campus. And God's just, man, it's just incredible. They're averaging almost 1,000 people there at that campus. And so, you know, so that's, all the services are blessed and blowing and going. And then we had this little thing, you know, a couple years back, did you hear about this COVID, right? And so whenever COVID hit, you know, we said, Hey, why don't we start an online ministry? And it's amazing. We have about 1500 homes that are watching that every weekend. I just had a, um, and a, um, a trucker come to me and say, Hey, I'm on the road. Every other weekend I worship online. Thank you for doing that ministry. Um, and then this year, we, we started another service called the Bridges Service. It's sort of a more traditional service here on the Bonnie Oaks campus. And then also, we've started this thing called Microchurch. So we have a number of microchurches that meet in neighborhoods and, and homes and even our Oaks Coffee House. And every one of these, it's just amazing what God's doing. I mean, you know, we estimate that over 6,000 people are a part of our services. We have 11 churches. In person, we can worship services averaging about 4,500. I mean, can I just tell you, praise God. To God be the glory, great things He's done. It is not us. It is the Lord who's doing this amazing work. And so that's sort of the history of what's gone on in our church. Now, th- we still haven't answered, okay, why? Why do, why do you think God led us to do this? Well, let's answer that question. Why do we launch new venues? Why do we have other campuses and venues? Well, let me see if I can illustrate it like this. Most of you know I am a grandfather. I'm a grandparent. I have um, four grandchildren. This is, you know, they're much older now, a year. And um, two of them live here in town, and two of them live out of town. They call me Papa. Now, let me just say, I love my children. ...but I really love my grandchildren, okay? I don't know what it is. Man, you just, you just love your grandchildren. It's just amazing. You love them. And so, um, now, my wife Susan and I, we, our parents were of the generation that what, it was the responsibility of the kids to drive to the parents, Right? My parents lived in Florida, Susan's parents lived in Texas, and so every year we'd make a couple of trips, and we'd make those trips, and I wanted my kids to know my parents, and so we'd make those trips, and my kids all loved their grandparents, but that was sort of how it worked back then. Now, I became a grandparent, and two of my grandkids live here in town, and I get to see them every week, but two of my grandkids live out of town in Charlotte, and I've got to tell you, I have made several trips to Charlotte this year to see my grandkids. You see the difference? That's what's happened in churches. Churches used to say, hey, here we are, come to us. We meet at this time, 11 o'clock. This is our worship style. You adapt to us, right? But then we decided, hey, no, we want to give options and opportunities and we want to take the mission and the gospel and the church to where people are that's why we have multiple venues and praise God it is working it's very effective now you go why is it effective I really see three reasons jot it down your outline number one first of all it was the model of the early church I really believe that this was the model of the early church now let me give you a little history of church history Jesus Christ dies rises again shows himself alive for 40 days he then sends back to heaven And then you have 120 of his followers meeting in the upper room, they're praying. Pentecost happens. I mean, spirit of God comes down upon them. They begin to proclaim the gospel. Thousands of people come to faith in Jesus Christ. That was the beginning of the church. It's described in Acts chapter two. Look at what it says. In Acts chapter two, it says every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple and they broke bread from house to house. So they had large group gatherings and small group gatherings. Every day the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. And so that's a description of the early church. And it was growing. Now, the thing is, is that the Jerusalem church was growing. And now Jesus had commanded them, hey, I want you to take the gospel to these different regions and these different places. But they didn't. They stayed in Jerusalem. And we understand that. I mean, who wouldn't want to stay in Jerusalem and listen to the apostles teach every Sunday, right? That would be pretty awesome. So they got comfortable there, and the church in Jerusalem continued to grow, but then God, you know, in his sovereignty, used something to get them out of their comfort zone, and it's called persecution, and that's what happened. Look what it says in Acts chapter 8, it says this, a severe persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout the land of Judea and Samaria, so those who were scattered went on their way preaching the word. And so who is it that stayed behind? It was the apostles. They took the persecution. Who is it that scattered? Everybody else. And as they scattered everywhere, what did they do? They took the gospel and then they start establishing other venues. They start establishing other churches. And so you read the rest of the New Testament, what do you have there? These things called epistles. Those are Letters. And then you got a letter to the church at Rome and the church of Corinth and the church of Ephesus and Philippi. These were churches that were meeting in homes in those different cities. And that's how the church began to expand. That's how the early church, it's the model of the early church. They didn't stay just one church. No, they spread it out. Second reason I believe this works is this. Jot this down. It reaches people in their community. It reaches people in their community. You know, whenever Jesus came... He went to where the people were. Now, John the Baptist, remember how his ministry was? John the Baptist says, hey, you want to hear the word of God? You come out the desert and listen to me. Jesus was just the opposite. Jesus went to village to village, town to town, sharing the gospel, the good news of the kingdom of God. And he taught his disciples to do exactly the same thing. He sent the 12 out from town to town. We studied this last week where Jesus sent out the 70 or the 72. Where? He sent them out from town to town. In fact, Jesus tells a parable of the marriage supper of the Lamb. And in the marriage supper of the Lamb, it's the Father's heart who wants many people to be brought into the kingdom. And in fact, look at what he says. He says this in Luke chapter 14. He says, the master told his servant, go out into the roads and country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. It has always been the passionate heart of God that his people would reach out to those that are around us. And so... That's what we're seeking to do. We're seeking to bring the gospel to different communities. Now, whenever I moved here to Chattanooga from Florida, I didn't know anything about Chattanooga. I didn't know that, you know, what neighborhoods are part of certain communities. But I moved here and I moved into the East Brainerd area. Now, I've got to be honest with you. I do most of my living in East Brainerd. That's where I shop, that's where I eat out, that's obviously where I worship, right? And so, you know, in a five-mile radius, that's pretty much where I do most of my living, okay? And probably you're, you're very similar. Maybe you're, you know, Ringgold or North Georgia or, you know, Appison or Ottawa or Harrison or Hickson, whatever it may be, you've got an area where you do most of your living, right? Now, here's the deal. 40, 50 years ago, there was a time in our American culture where we liked to drive, right? We didn't have a problem driving to different, different places, you know? It's like, you know what? I'm going to go shopping. And so I'm going to go to the mall. Or I'm going to go to, you know, Walmart Supercenter, right? And you know what? Especially... People like me, baby boomers and older, right? We, we like to drive and this one shop stop, you know, shopping, it's amazing, right? And so what happened, culturally, you saw the rise of the malls and malls start coming up and Walmart super centers start, you know, coming up, right? Because that was our culture. We like driving and going, and it was this destination, big things like that. Well, did you know that the very same thing started happening in churches? And during that same time frame? You had people that would say, You know what? I'm going to drive by a number of neighborhood churches and go to a large church. They were called mega churches. And our church is a mega church. The definition of mega church is a church that runs over 2,000 every weekend. And so that's a big reason, part of the reason why we grew is because that was the, the cultural shift. People would pass by the small churches and come to the big church. But something has happened. There is a now a cultural shift back to the other way. Now, can I just tell you, I was not smart enough to know that. I didn't know that that was the cultural shift that was coming. Obviously, God did. And so what happened is is that you had younger Christians coming into our church and they don't want to be a part of a worship service with 3,000 people in a sanctuary. They would prefer being in a worship service with 300 people. It's more intimate. It's a more intimate setting. That's what they, that you get to know each other. It feels more like a community. And so that's what we've done. Every time we start a new venue or a new destination, what do we do? We don't have these big sanctuaries that we build. No, it's smaller sanctuaries so that those worship um, services can feel more intimate. This year, we started our bridges service. And so that sanctuary can seat about 350 people. And it's amazing. From the very beginning, people came to me and say, "Pastor Tony, I love the Bridges Service. I feel like it's homecoming. I get to see all these people. It's amazing." And so that's been the trend now in churches. But guess what? It's also the trend of culture in large, and, and COVID has sped this up. You see, that's why the malls are shutting down. Right? Malls are going away. That's why even the Walmart supercenters are going away. What's popping up now? The Walmart neighborhood Walmart right because that's the people want to do their life in their neighborhood I had a lady who um, just a couple weeks back she had visited our church for several months and she goes oh Pastor Tony I love you I love Silverdale it's just amazing what God's doing there but I live 35 minutes away and so I was driving 35, 40 minutes, you know, to get to church, and I loved it. But I thought, man, I wish I could find a place close by where I could invite my neighbors because they're not going to drive 35 minutes to come to Silverdale. And, and what she's onto to is exactly right. We want people to worship closer to their community. And so why does this work? Because it's the biblical model. Two, it reaches people in their community. Third reason is this. Jot this down. It leads to a multiplication of growth. It leads to a multiplication of growth. Again, if you study the book of Acts, what you'll discover is that the church began to grow, but the way that it was described is first addition. Check it out. Look at it again. Acts chapter 2, verse um, um, 20, um, 47 says this, okay? The Lord was what? Say that word out loud with me. Adding. The Lord was adding to their number every day, those that are being saved, okay? And, and the church continued to grow, And then in Acts chapter 5, notice how the the early church was described. This is the Jerusalem church. More than ever, believers were added to the Lord. Multitudes of both men and women. It's describing the early church and the early Jerusalem church probably had about 20,000, you know, members a part of that. It was a mega huge church in Jerusalem. But then what happens? Suddenly persecution happens and then the church is scattered and they have all these different venues and have all these different house churches everywhere. And then what happens? Notice how the church is now described. Acts chapter 9 says, the church throughout Judea and Galilee and Samaria did what? Say that word out loud with me. Multiplied. It multiplied. You go, what does that mean? That means it was first grade math addition 1 plus 1 plus 1 is 3, to third grade math, which is multiplication, 2 times 2 times 5 times 10, whatever that equals. I think it's 200, okay? But that's multiplication, okay? And that's exactly how the church grew. And then whenever they started sending out missionaries to Asia and Europe, oh, my goodness, it really took off. In fact, the Bible says at the end of the book of Acts, it literally turned the Roman world upside down. Look at how it's described, Acts 16. Acts 16. So the churches were strengthened in the faith, and they multiplied in numbers. Now, again, the Bible talks about numbers. We can talk about numbers, but again, we always have to keep in mind, this is people, this is souls, this is eternities that we're talking about. This multiplication takes place. Well, I've seen that same thing happen in our church. Again, let me give you a little history of our church. Our church was established in 1889. Did you know that? I mean, we're 133 years old. We're one of the oldest churches in the community. We're an old church. And for years, our church, Silver Baptist Church, was just this rural country church out in the middle of the boonies, right? But what I love is that you read the history of our church, and you have so many amazing faithful followers of Jesus Christ. And we've said this before. The church is not the buildings. The church is the people. And God blessed us with so many amazing people. But then as Chattanooga began to grow, well, our church moved from this country church to basically a neighborhood church. And we started reaching the neighborhood and the Tyner community and those surrounding areas. And then as, you know, as um, Chattanooga continued to grow, we became a suburban church. And so we're actually reaching you know, entire areas and our church is growing by multiple hundreds of people. And so we're reaching East Brainerd and Ottawa. And then by, you know, 2010, our church becomes a mega church and we're having over 2,000 people. But then, again, less than 10 years ago, we start adding other campuses, other venues, other times, other places. And in a 10-year period of time, our church has more than doubled in size. We've had over 2,500 more people that have been at our church. We've We've seen more people come to faith in Jesus Christ than any time in our blessed history. Folks... It's just amazing. I'm just standing back in awe and go, oh my goodness, this multiplication that you see in the book of Acts is happening here. Why? Because we've done that. We've multiplied our church campus. And, and what's amazing about our church is that we, we're we a mega church. You know, we have all the, a lot of resources. And so what can we do? We can do big things. We can do big camps. And we can do great children's ministries and, and youth ministries. I mean, right now, we have... We have a, Our students are on a retreat right now, right? Out of town. I mean, we can do big women's events and men's events and we can have a big online presence or a counseling ministry. I mean, mission trips. I mean, I could go on and on. It's like we have all the blessings of a large church and yet at the same time, most of our venues can feel like a small intimate country church. And I love that because we have the best of both worlds But I also think that the reason why this has been so effective is because it multiplies people that have to serve. Now, think about this. If we were just one church in one location, then guess what? You would just have a core leadership that would basically take care of everything. But because we have multiple services, multiple venues, can I tell you, every one of those venues require hundreds of volunteers to pull it off. It's like having another church over there. And so what happens is a whole lot of people that would come and sit and soak are now sort of have to stand up and serve. And i tell you, when we move from sitting to serving, that's when our Christian faith takes off. And that's what we've seen in all of our churches. And so we're blessed by that. And so we feel like, okay, this has been a leadership of the Lord. This is sort of how we've done ministry. And so the question is, okay, well, why Appison? So let's answer that question. Why launch a new campus in Appison? Well, it's the very same reason we launched a campus in North Ottawa. We looked for the fastest-growing area with the fewest number of churches reaching those people. And Appison was the next place in our um, ministry area. And so three years back, we purchased 10 acres of land, prime land that is um, off of East Brainerd on London Lane. I mean... That location is just two minutes from Appison Elementary and Middle School. It's just six minutes from East Hamilton um, High School. It's just 12 minutes from downtown Ringgold. And according to the most recent surveys, there are 33,000 people that live just within a five mile radius of that campus. And you got new neighborhoods blowing up all around it. And the vast majority of those people don't go to church anywhere. And so that's why there. And so what we've done, praise God, we already have the land paid for. We've got the plans sort of developed for the, the new property and for the new facility. It's going to look, you know, very similar to our um, North Utawa campus, s- similar in size as well, um, we, um, it's going to have um, 17,600 square feet, enough um, room in the worship center for 450 people per worship service. We've got 125 um, room for our children and our kids' ministry. And I believe that within a couple of years, we'll plant that, and it's going to be thriving just like the rest of our campuses as well. But I've got to tell you, I mean, anytime you take on a huge project like this, there's a part within me, because I have this insecurity, that's my natural tendency, is, um, is like, okay, should we be doing this, right? And so I'm like, you know, why don't, why don't we just accept the status quo, right? I mean, we already got six venues. Our church is all paid off. We're debt-free. Why do we want to take on this big major task? And every time that I have this thought, so okay, no, 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 we shouldn't do this. It's like the Lord through the Holy Spirit says, Tony, at the moment you stop reaching out, that's the moment I'm, the church is gonna die, right? And so I just know this is God's calling on our church to do this. And so how can we fulfill this mission? How can you help us fulfill this mission? Because this is not going to be easy. I mean, you know, since COVID, I mean, basically construction costs are astronomical. It's just, it's crazy. And we knew that. And, um, and so we've been saving up money. Right now, we have three and a half million dollars that's set aside just for this project. It's, it's in a money market, so we're getting some interest on it. Um. But we know it's gonna take at least three and a half, maybe four men to complete that project. And um, we don't have that laying around, right? And, and we believe that it is not God's will for his church to have long-term debt, especially as interest rates are going up, that is not very wise fiscally to do that. And, and so what we're asking, we're, we're saying, okay, we're gonna have a two-year giving campaign. And we're asking that you as the church to just pray about, God, how can I give to reach Appison over the next two years? How can I give over and above my normal tithes and offerings to, to reach Appison? How can I do that? Well, I really believe there's a couple of ways. Number one, first of all, jot this down, it begins with prayer. It starts and begins with prayer. Start praying. I mean, we have these little magnets that are out in the atrium. I encourage you to grab them. It just says, pray for Appison." We, we got these little wristbands, you know, about reach Appeson. What Why do we give you these? So that it'll just be a reminder for you to be in prayer for us. You know, if it's not done in prayer, if God's not behind this, it's not going to work. I mean, the Bible says, unless the Lord builds a house, those who labor, labor in vain. I don't want us to be building a building in vain. We need the Lord You go, how how do I pray? Well, you know, you pray for, you know, the building. You you pray for the bids to come in cheaper than what we're expecting. That hasn't happened yet, but pray for that, okay? Um, Pray for the people in Appison and and the 33,000 people are going to be affected by that new campus. Pray for, you know, um, our church to be generous and give. Pray for for the hundreds of volunteers that'll be needed to, to launch that new campus. Pray for Ben Schoening and, and his family. I mean, our, um, our you know, pastoral elders have selected Ben Schoening to serve as our um, campus pastor. And most of you know Ben. Ben has been a part of our campus for five years. He's overseen our marriage and family ministry. He has an incredible heart Pastoral heart, and is going to do an amazing job in our Appison campus. Pray for him and Jen and their four kids. This is a big transition for them. And so, pray. I mean, we need to start this thing with prayer. It continues with prayer. It's going to be completed in prayer. So, bathe this all in prayer, just crying out to God God, we need your blessings in this. So, first, pray. Secondly, is this jot this down be willing to make a sacrifice. Be willing to make a sacrifice. You know, in the Bible, when the people of God were asked to build a building, they were asked to give freewill offerings to make that happen. I mean, look at what it says in, in Exodus 35. It says, all the people of God, men and women who were willing, brought to the Lord free will offerings for all of the work. Now, anytime that we do something like this, we, we talk about giving, right? And I rarely talk about giving because I hate talking about giving. But whenever we talk about giving, you know, people will go, you know, pastor, I'd love to give and contribute, but I just don't have any money lying around. Well, let me just say, none of us have any money lying around, right? We just don't. We don't. I mean, we're not a rich church. We're, we're a middle-class church here. And so through the years, we've been a growing church. And so because of that, you know, my wife, Susan, and I have been a part of seven building campaigns in our church. That's 20 years of extra giving that we've given to all these giving campaigns. And in every one of them, we're like, I don't know how we're going to give to this one. And so we just pray and ask the Lord. And the Lord will always give us a creative way to give. In one particular campaign, he led us to give the money we were going to put into retirement for a year to give to that campaign. In one particular campaign, both of our vehicles were about to die. And we said, Lord, if you'll keep them running for three years, we'll give you the difference, you know. In one particular campaign, we were eating out a lot as a family and and we said, hey, what if we just don't eat out at all this next year and we give all the difference to the Lord? I mean, whatever it may be, just pray, ask the Lord, and he'll tell you what it is. If you'll just pray and just say, Lord, what do you want to give through me? What do you want to give through my family? And God will give you an idea what sacrifice needs to be made so that you can join us so that we can reach the 33,000 people in Appison. As I stated earlier, God's doing amazing things. I am just stand back in awe of all the incredible ways that God is blessing our church and bringing so many people to faith in Christ. It's just amazing to see that. But I believe that God wants to do much more. God wants to multiply our ministry all the way there in Appison. Let me close with this. Um, My wife and I, we enjoy watching old westerns. You know, like um, Bonanza or The Virginian, or Gunsmoke, you know, those kind of old westerns. They don't just, they don't make TV like that anymore. But if you've ever seen those old westerns, you know that there is those times whenever something happens in the community, right? Maybe the the bank is being robbed. And the sheriff knows that he can't, you know, capture this gang on his own. He needs to put together what? A posse. Here's a picture of an actual posse from out west. There it is. And, and basically he would say, hey, just regular common townspeople, you know, shop owners or blacksmiths, and farmers, they'd all get together and they would have a common goal and common purpose and they'd ride out in a cloud of dust and they would get the bad guys That accomplish that purpose and that's how the West was won, right? And so I'm here today to tell you, I'm calling you to God's posse, all right? You're being deputized today. I want you to step up. I want you to volunteer. I want you to pray, maybe like you've never prayed before, and serve and give. And if our church will pray and serve and give, I believe we will reach Appison. But we'll not only reach Appison, we'll reach Bonnie Oaks and East Brainerd, and St. Elmo, and Udawah, in your neighborhood as well. Why? Because that is God's calling on our life. He has called us to reach. Amen? Let's pray together. Gracious Lord, thank you so much for your word. I thank you for the opportunity we have to join you in something bigger than ourselves. God, you're doing amazing things through our body, and I believe you want to do much more in the days ahead. God, we need you. We can't do this alone. And so, Lord, I'm so thankful that you are the head of this church. And so even now, Lord Jesus, as the head of this body, would you please speak and move? And we will say yes. Help us, Lord, to do that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
0: Well, I hope this was helpful to you. If while listening you realized you need to take the next step in your relationship with Jesus, we would love to help you with that. You can connect with us by clicking the link in the show notes to our website and then clicking the connect card button. In our weekend worship services, we are in a sermon series called The Seven Commands of Christ. Jesus gave dozens of commands, and as followers of Jesus, we should obey all of them. Over the next several weeks, we are focusing on seven that will change your life. We would love for you to join each week at one of our campuses, or you can attend online. You will find service times by clicking the link in the show notes to our website.